Let's read the Word of God and then pray for His wisdom and direction. Beginning in verse 10. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may be also the completion of it by your ability. For if the readiness is present and is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have, for this is not for the ease of others, And for your affliction, but by way of equality at this present time, your abundance being supplied for their need, so their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. As it is written, He who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. We have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread through all of the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself to show our readiness, taking precaution so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brethren, they are messengers of the churches, a glory to Christ. Therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and of our reason for boasting about you. For it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely that Achaia has been prepared since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, so that, as I was saying, you may be prepared. Otherwise, if the Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we not to speak of you, will be put to shame by this confidence. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the name would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Corinthian believers, the restoration of the relationship between them and the Apostle Paul. And yet, Father, I thank you that they set a pattern as the Macedonians of the body of Christ and how it works globally, it works locally, and it works individually. Father, it is only by your grace. Father, we pray for that abundance 
And we pray, Father, that we will be found worthy, that we will be found walking in a manner bringing glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May this body in its unity shine forth here in Castle Rock, here in Colorado, but globally continue to grow in the spirit of an awesome God. Thank you, Father, to your glory and praise. Amen. We're looking at something I call the integrity of stewardship, or you can call it the integrity of giving. Um, and, and let's be realistic. Um, it seems that everyone wants us to give money. Something. Um, you know, whether it's braided bread for raising money for your school, uh, or chocolate bars, or Boy Scout and Girl Scout, whatever. Uh, everybody wants us to give. And there are all kinds of projects. And Christianity is not exempt from this. Um, there are all kinds of projects in Christianity. There are all kinds of projects in churches. There are all kinds of projects in parachurches. And it goes on and on and on. Everybody wants something. Our concern should be on the integrity of what are we giving to. Okay? We do need to be careful. We do need to be wise. It is that simple and that straightforward. I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that everyone in this room values their earnings. Just just an idea. Um we have looked at Scripture, and we are to provide for our families. We are protect against calamity, and I hope we do our best to spend our money wisely. Okay? Um, and that's hard right now. We're in this season of black whatever. Everybody wants to help us spend our money. And we have sales, and we have double sales, and and coupons and and you know free shipping and this that and the other and it's all over the place and they're all so generous to help us spend our money i hope we are being wise i hope we pay attention because i would guarantee every person in this room except possibly the twins but everybody else they're we all have the same thing that probably dominates our daily thinking. What do you want to bet? Money. How do I get it? How do I keep it? How do I save it? How do I spend it? How do I keep someone in my family from spending it? And I think we should give some thought also. How do we give it? Okay, now you guys think I'm listen. I'm I'm in here. It isn't like I, you know I have so much money it just rolls off of me and I don't really pay attention to it. And I just I just walk around in the heavenlies and who needs money? I'm on the streets of gold. Okay, I have car parts that fall off too, uh, and. Um, Tires that wear out. I have a 
one ton pickup that takes six tires. And I noticed the other day it's in need. And you're like, six tires that big? Oh my. Sell it. (laughs) See if you can make a profit on it and tell them tires are in need. Also, as a pastor, I have to fight off all of the opportunities. I have more appeals than I can ever make. And um, I would like to say that they kind of increase at Christmas and then they drop off. No, man, they are there all the time. I get messages on the answering machine. I get emails. I get mail. I get text. Everybody, I don't know. Do you, I don't know what they think I am here. Um, the Federal Reserve is a little farther east. Uh, I cannot print money. Well, I probably could, but would probably get into trouble. We have to be careful. Um, there are more ministries in need of funding, and they were, ministries were actually hit extraordinarily hard in the 2008 recession. A lot of ministries were running off of foundations of family members who had died. Those foundations were based on the stock market. When the stock market collapsed, the foundations didn't have the resources to help the ministries that they had been supporting, or there were drastic cuts in the funding. I know the SGA had a branch of them that was run by this, and they lost 65% in the process of two months. Okay, Now, if you're running a business and you have a 65% cut in your income, you got your hands full. Okay, So we must be careful. And and given, we must be prayerful, but we must be wise about it. Uh, Let me give you a little footnote right now. All right. The Lord's design for our primary giving is the local church. Okay. I know that there's been times in the past that I have donated to the seminary fund at the Master Seminary to help uh, foreign exchange kids. They, they can't afford to go to school there, you know, give them grants. I have given to Grace to You numerous times. I have given to Ligonier numerous times. But my giving, the bulk of my giving, the, the, the largest percentage of my giving is right here. Right here at Castle Rock Baptist Church. Here's the reason. In the local church, you know the ministries. Okay, you know the issues that are there. You, know, you some of you may, you know the people. We need to understand the issues in the local congregation in our own church. We will know because if I know those issues, I know what that body is doing, then I will know how God wants us to give, wants me to give. It's right there. Okay. When I know what God wants me to do. Guess what? I am free from anxiety. I am free from doubt. And I'm free from questions. 
That's kind of awesome if you think about it. How do we know when an opportunity to give is one of integrity? How do we know this? How do I know that this is an honest, true God project? This is a plan of God. How can I know that? Can I know that? Well, yeah, you can. (laughs) All right. This text that we're in right now is amazing because uh, I read a lot. Okay. And a lot of great theologians just blow this text off as um, a a set of 2,000 year old footnotes. Okay. Paul was just bringing up something to the Corinthians. It was specific to the Corinthians. And then he moves on. And, you know, the theology here is non-existent. You know, this is just sort of a pragmatic thing that looks, if you were dealing with the Corinthian church and the Jerusalem church, which we're not. I don't think so. As I read it, this is a text that shows what integrity is. And how can I trust that this is what God wants? Because it's like I said, you and I are inundated daily with people wanting you to give. Okay? Go watch the news. Watch TV. Uh, There's always somebody there. You know, I seen one that had a bunch of little sick puppies on there and give to animal protection. What? You know, I like dogs. I like pets. All right. But but you see that, you know, give to give to support the puppies. Do the puppies. I remember one time years ago when I was an electrical contractor, uh, I had the only two houses that were going up in Cripple Creek. This is before gambling. And I was wiring two houses in Cripple Creek. And so I went into town and I'm looking for these houses. They said, yeah, you're, if you're building something these, back there on top of the hill, that's it. There's nothing else going on in this town. So I said, all right. So I got me a hotel room in Cripple Creek. And I went down to the restaurant. And every store that I went to, a little convenience store, and, and, and this store here, and this store here, they all had these great big plastic jugs. Okay? Donate to help feed the wild donkeys. And I thought, well, that's silly. Well, who thought that up? And I was talking to one of the natives of Cripple Creek, and he says, well, what happened is when the mines closed down, a lot of the wild burrows were just cut loose, and now they're all wandering around. I thought, you guys are making this up. So I come out, and I'm walking down the street, headed toward my van, and I look, and this lady's got these um, tulip bushes. There's three donkeys standing in the middle of it, just munching away. And I'm sitting there going, huh, (laughs) they got wild donkeys running around eating the ladies' flowers. No wonder they're taking up donations. How much of that money do you suppose went to the donkeys? They're not saying. Okay? But you see this all the time. All the time. Okay? And even Christian organizations will take something pitiful and sad and say, help. Okay? Well, you know what that is? It's manipulation. Okay? That's not biblical. It's not biblical. Let me review this quickly because um, 
we're at point four, but as I have been tearing this text apart, point four I'm going to have to do in two weeks, and you'll see why in a minute. Okay, but let me give you back on track here. And it says, first of all, in verse 10, it it, it needs to be out of your heart. Why? Because it's to your advantage. Okay, his statement is, I give my opinion in this matter. Okay, what he's saying is this is not a command. Verse eight, he says, I'm not speaking this as a command. It's not a command. Okay, in my opinion, it's just my opinion. I, I don't want you to feel like you're under compulsion. I don't want you to feel like you're under manipulation. I I don't want you to think that I'm into this redistribution thing. I don't want you to think that it is a legal requirement. It is my opinion. It is purely up to you to give whatever your heart wants. But realize, it is to your advantage. Okay? Now, we all sit there and think, well, yeah, what are you saying? It's to my advantage. Well, is it more blessed to give than to receive? Okay. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. That's out of your heart, people. Whatever you want to give. Okay. Why? It is a gracious work. Just as you abound in everything, abound in this gracious work, verse 7 says. But understand, verse 8 says, it's not a command. It's not a command. It's a tremendous advantage. You want to a rich life here? Do you want a rich life in eternity? Then give generously, give sacrificially. But he also said that integrity... Not only is voluntary, it is faithful. Giving is faithful. Finish it, verse 11. Listen, and this is amazing to me in in numerous ways, but it, it is so true today. If God was in it in the beginning, and you saw the response, is He going to be in it in the end? You know... God is being blamed so often for not finishing. And it ain't God. Okay? If the original intentions were there and you don't finish it, then it means nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. Okay? And and you have to complete the commitment. Okay, that's integrity. In 16.2 of 1 Corinthians, he says, bring the money the first day of the week. Put it aside. Collect it. Everyone as they can. Accumulate it. It's a willingness to complete. And you know what? We get distractions. All right? Yes, I understand that. We get distractions. But finish what God has set forth. Third thing is, as one has, as one has, uh, literally one's ability. You know, there's a a difference in income with every person in this room. Okay, some have the ability to give more, some can't give as much. All right, as one has. Um, If the heart attitude is there, then I will give out of the abundance of whatever I have. 
Okay, If I'm taking care of the needs of my family, I'm putting away for a catastrophic event, so I'm not a burden, then I'm putting away residual so that when God moves my heart, I can step up and do it. Step up and do it. And there's times, you know what? You may have a change in income, may have a change in plans, or you may have, you know, I've got to put a new furnace in. Okay? And then all of a sudden I've got less money. Okay? I understand all that. You know, I got a truck that needs six tires. I'm parking it until June. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I got, got no worry about that. I wish it'd warm up, I'd get back on the motorcycle, but I'm just not that brave right now. As one has these ability. Why? If you look at verse 12, if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has. That this is what's going to please God. To what you have. You do not have to go in debt for the kingdom of the Lord. Did you know that? There are those who do. They are giving money to the kingdom of God that is not theirs. I hear this at times. Well, if I win the lotto, I'll give... X amount to the church. God doesn't do the church by lotto. Okay? People got to understand that. And it's amazing to me. I watch people justify all kinds of silliness. And I, this is what... Well, if you're not giving to Him right now, you will never if you hit the lotto. I guarantee it. Listen, God is not a TV evangelist. Do you understand that? Okay, people say, what do you mean by that? God is not after what we don't have. TV evangelists are. All right? They make you all of these promises. Send money. All right? God doesn't do that. All right? It's not biblical. All right, to, to get more from a person than what they have or is their abilities. All right, so, so, so you're seeing here that integrity of stewardship is that it's voluntary. You see that it is faithful to completion and you see that you give as one has. Some can give more, some can give less. Okay, that brings me to verses 13 through 15. Now, I want to read these because, uh, well, you'll see. Verse 13. For this is not to the ease of others or for your affliction, but by way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need. So their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality as it is written. He who gathered much did not have much. He who gathered little had no lack. All right. Now, if you look at your outline, you will see that it is giving balances in the body is the line that I used. Okay. The body of Christ. Okay. Has resources on behalf of those in need. Okay. It's already there. God's already designed it that way. Now, I want to show you something. This is very, very important text. And this is a butchered text. 
Okay? He who speaks ex cathedral without error has challenged this text. And if I were to meet him face to face, I would smile at him in my greatest grace and say, have you not read? Okay? He is, I'm speaking of the Pope. He has communicated that capitalism is evil and that we should be socialist. Each one, your text says it right there. Equal. Equal. Well, people are people. We like to think we've gotten smarter and that we have changed and we have somehow gotten better in our existence. The truth of the matter, we haven't. There's a group of people in the Corinthian church who were, quote, unquote, anti-Paul. And they had the spiritual gift of gossip. Okay? And they will say things that we would never hear in the advanced church today. He's always asking for money. Well, he's Jewish and he persecuted the Jews. And if he can get the Gentiles to give us some money, he can take it back to the Jews and it will appease his conscience. You don't think that ain't what they're saying? That's what they say today. Okay. He's just carrying a lot of guilt and he's trying to amend that guilt by getting the Gentile churches to give. And you know that the church in Jerusalem is a mega church. We're just a small congregation here in Corinth. Right? Why should I make them equal at my expense? Perhaps they deserve their brokenness. Perhaps that's what God is teaching them a lesson. People haven't changed people. I got news for you. (laughs) Why should I give to help those people? I work hard for my money. Verse 13 Starts it off because the Apostle Paul knows there's going to be an objection. Okay? Not to make life easy for anybody. He doesn't want to impoverish the Corinthians to make the Jews rich. Okay? He said equality. That's how it's translated. Am I exchanging riches? Taking from those who have and giving to those who don't have. So there's a... What is it? Fairness and a level playing field. You know, I want the rich to be poor and the poor to be rich. Really? He makes the statement, it's not for the ease of others. Okay? It's not for the afflictions to make you suffer. I'm not trying to make it easy for the Jewish people and to make you suffer so that the Jewish people are at ease. Okay, And you know what? When I read this word equality here, and in 13 and 14, I don't know about you, 
I freak out. Okay? That word is so corrupted today that you bring out and start teaching equality. And that is what the, the Pope is called a, a apostolic, what was it? Apostolic encouragement. And he wrote at length on uh, capitalism needs to give up their cash to poor people. Okay? And you know why, right? Equality. God has blessed you with so much. Be fair. Okay? The problem is, that ain't exactly what that word is. Alright? It's translated equality. Iphetase is the word. Iphetase. Now don't you all feel smarter and equal? <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, iphetase. Remember that word. It is the word we get isesitaste from. I think that's how it's pronounced. What the heck is that? It is the science of the balance of the earth. That's why I put in my outline, balances the body. Okay, Paul is telling us, he's telling the Corinthians... That there are highs and there are lows in life. Okay? If you look at the science of the balance of the earth, you can say there are high mountains and there's some serious ditches in the ocean. Okay? There's highs and lows in life. There's highs and lows, high mountains and low seas. And if you're really in awe, God in designing the earth, balanced the earth so it has no wobbles. You think about it for a second. Thing is spinning. All right? Spinning pretty good, really, if you think about it. Okay? And yet the weight of the water and the weight of the land are perfectly equal and positioned so you don't wobble. Now, I do some motorcycle tires, and I have a spin balancer. So you put a new tire on there, and you stick it on a spin balancer, and you push the button, and it says, and it stops it, and says, you need to add weight right here. And so you stick a little weight on the rim, and you spin it again, and it stops again and says, you need to add a little more weight right here. And you spin it again, and all of a sudden it comes up with little zeros and says, perfect. Okay? Now then, I have rode a motorcycle that spun off a weight. Okay? And it's like riding a bouncing basketball down the road. It just goes, and you're like, well, I know what's wrong with this. Okay, now that's just a little bitty motorcycle tire. What do you do with something as big as the earth? If every human being on the planet earth stood in Montana, would the earth wobble? It's out of balance. But 
If you change the water volume and the land mass, guess what? There'd be times we'd all be up in the air, and the other times we'd be stuck down on the ground real low, and then back up in the air, and then back down on the ground, and it would be nauseating. The earth is perfectly balanced. So it rotates exactly the way God designed it. It is perfectly balanced. When you see the word there, equality, I want you to think about that. This is the term that the Apostle Paul uses here. The issue is to find the balance. Okay? Specifically, in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. Balance in the highs. Balance in the lows. People with more than they need than people who have no way to meet their need. There is a function in the body of Christ to make sure that there is equality, is the way it's translated in New American Standard, or balance in the body of Christ. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this for a second because you get hit with this almost daily. That is the history of our country, the United States of America. Our foundation of this country was based on Christian principles. Take care of those who are in need. All right? Now listen, I want to be real specific here because I got some text to back up what I'm saying. This is not a political message. We take care of those who are in need, not those who are in want. Okay? Do we understand that? Those who have more are going to be greater contributors to the needy. All right? There are people that people with more meet the needs of those people. Okay? That is a Christian principle. Now listen, yes, it is perverted. Okay? And it has the potential... To produce dependence. Look around. Okay? That is never what it was intended for. Never what it was intended for. In the church, it functions as if... Paul is saying it's part of the body of Christ. Whether it's in Corinth, Macedonia, Jerusalem, Asia Minor, wherever you wanted to take it. You take all of those together... In the church, it functions as it should. And Paul is saying as part of that, you are looking at saints with needs and you're in a position to meet those needs now. Okay? And it becomes a spiritual responsibility. Did you hear what I said? It's a spiritual responsibility. We express the love of Christ by meeting the needs of the saints, of saints who are in need. All right. The Apostle John, if you see a brother who has a need and you don't meet it, how does the love of Christ dwell you? That's a spiritual responsibility. Okay. I mean, basically what John says there is, are you saved? <laughs> okay. 
Listen, this is not redistribution of wealth. That is not what this is teaching. He's talking the balance. This is not liberal politics. This is not Christianity was based on communism. I heard that. Okay. It's, you know what? This isn't even based on equal rights. These are needs. It was desperate in Jerusalem at this time. It has nothing to do with fairness. That's not what it's doing. It's equality in a Christian sense is a balance. There's no absolute. Um, I heard someone make this statement about Christianity. And of course, he was a theologian. Okay, you love theologians. Christianity is the basis. This is what he stated. Christianity is the basis of absolute economic equality. Okay, take Christianity out of it. Absolute economic equality. You know who said that first? Marx. Karl Marx. He didn't believe in Christianity. And this guy who's a quote-unquote theologian put Christianity in front of it says, that's what it is. There is a need for balance. There is a need to help those who are in need. Those who have more than they need should provide for those who have less. And if you think about it, isn't that the beautiful picture of the family of God? Right? It's not to make life harder for those who have and to help those in hardship have a balance. Now then, let me give you some text because I want us to understand this because this thing that the Pope has said is growing all over the place. You know, that capitalism is the root of all evil. And I'm like, you know, capitalism has helped more people in history than anything. Minor detail. If you go to First uh, Timothy chapter 6... Verse 17. Okay. Now, I want to, this is an interesting text. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. Stop right there. Does he say they're evil? Does he say you shouldn't be rich and be a Christian? He says and acknowledges that in the body of Christ, guess what? There are going to be some people who got some cash, some wealth, some property. But let me tell you something, because look what he says next. Not to be conceited. Okay, you can have money. Don't be conceited. You know what? When I think about riches and I think about wealth, uh, you know, and I, I think about people who have property and, and, and this, that and the other. I, th- I think about those things. And you know what? I always come to the same conclusion on. It'll all burn. At the end of the age, I don't care how much you got. I, I had a guy, a friend of mine, tell me, he says, you know what? When you look at it, ask yourself a simple question. And I said, what's that? He says, is it combustible? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Because he goes, says, don't be conceited over this. Have the right attitude. What is your net worth? I get people asking, what's your net worth? What is your net worth right now? What will your net worth be in the future? 
It's all going to be the same when you're dead. Okay? When you die, what is your net worth? Zero zip nada dirt. You know, you could get more explicit about it. Worm bait. That's it. So when you think about wealth, you've got to understand at best, at best, it's temporary. It's short term. If you are wealthy, fine, Paul tells Timothy, it's fine. Don't be conceited. Don't think because you've got money, you're better than others. Or you've got possessions that you're better than others. Don't fix your hope on wealth. Look what he says. Fix their hope on the uncertainty. Don't fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but to God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Okay? So you see people out there who can be conceited because they're wealthy. You can see people, usually the people who are conceited about their wealth are putting their hope in their wealth. Okay? Rely on God. Why? He richly supplies all that you need to enjoy. God who gave it all. And it's fine to have, have wealth. There's nothing wrong with having, having wealth. Okay, but don't be proud about it and don't put your hope in it. All right, you got that? As straightforward as it gets. That is not Marxism. All right. But if you have wealth, instruct them to do good, verse 18, to be rich in good works to be generous and ready to share. That's what we are to do if we have wealth. That's all that is asked. Be ready. It doesn't say give it all up. It doesn't say, you know what? Be fair and equal. It's not what he's saying. If a need arise, put to the need. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a need in the congregation. And uh, I asked people... I think two weeks in a row. We have a need in congregation. You didn't ask me what it was. I just told her it was a need. And, and you know what? <laughs> the need that had come up. Now, I didn't tell anybody. Now, remember, did you, you guys, some of you remember that when I was asking? We missed the dollar figure of the need by 17 bucks. Okay, I never told you how much to give, did I? I just told you there was a need in this congregation and we need to meet it. And we missed it by $17. Why this is that I going, God, you're so funny. <laughs> so do you see what I'm getting at? Why? Again, I'm going to go back to the hard attitude. You may have. Okay, great. God has blessed you abundantly. But remember, life has its ups and its downs. Okay, and you may be on an upside. But know this, down's around the corner. Okay? And, you know, you sometimes plan for it, sometimes you go, oops. 
If a need arises, we need to go to the need. That is how the church works. That's why the primary focus of our giving should be what? The church. Why? That's where the needs are going to filter in. They're all going to come strolling in. And, 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 and we have to be careful of this because I, I'm not talking about like the food pantry. Okay? I'm talking about saints that you know. Meeting their needs when they hit a low. A Christian, a true Christian, is a member of the body of Christ. He is not, she is not an independent member. We help the needs of the one another in love in the body of Christ. And you know what? There are some people in the body of Christ that are just really tough to love. But it doesn't mean that you can say, well, I'm not going to get involved with them because I don't even like them. That ain't the way it works. God put them in your life probably to teach you a lesson. Okay? When I look at the world, the world is me for me. But I'll manipulate you because in the backside of it, it will be me. It's like when I hear lost people say that they love all right? No, they love themselves and like what you're going to do. It's why we are told, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. Why? Because you're going to get hooked up with a person who loves themselves more than they'll ever love you. And do you want that pain and heartache? Because it will be painful and it will break your heart. And people look at me like, well, you don't understand. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. The church is that we walk together. I try to get people to understand that. They say, well, you're the pastor. That means you're the leader. No, Christ is the leader. I'm just walking with you guys. All right? I ain't the leader of this church. Give me a break. You guys wouldn't want to go where I was going anyway. <laughs> Because we ain't riding horses out of heaven. We're riding motorcycles. You want to go? <laughs> How far will that fall out of the sky? <laughs> See a big splash over in the Mediterranean? That's Terry. <laughs> he missed. <laughs> okay. But, but he said, I'm trying to get at. We walk together. There ain't no spiritual giant in this church. They, anybody who's arrived in this church is in the presence of the Lord. Do we understand that? So whatever I have or whatever you have, it is to help one another. It's one of the things that I, I would like to see. Um, and We're getting ready to do our budget, right? I would like to start a thing called the Deacon's Fund. And I think that we should give sacrificially on the fifth Sunday of every fifth Sunday that we have. And that would be a pool of money. That is for the body of Christ here. Okay, call it the deacon's fund. And I don't even want to be involved with it. Uh, you know, I may get involved in saying, you know, this need has been approached to me. Then I'll pre approach the deacons and say, can we help this need? And we do it on the fifth Sunday of the month. Everybody kind of pulls their money in. You know, a little extra giving for that fifth Sunday. All right? And everybody's like, well... <laughs> There he is. He's just like Paul, asking for more money. <laughs> Let me give you one more to think about. Okay. Now, because what I'm, I'm, what I'm dealing with right now, I'm not talking about 
helping lost people who've fallen on hard times and showing them the love of Christ. I'm talking about helping the body of Christ who falls on hard times. The individuals that you and I know. We look at our little, uh, what do you call that thing? Directory. And it's got their little anniversary in there. And it's got their little, uh, and I need to check mine. And, and their birth dates and, and things like that. You go and you, you know these people. Okay? You know who they are. Yeah, I remember them. They brought that pork roast for the, oh, awesome. Okay? You see what I'm trying to get at? And have a fund that this church can help the saints. Because I have another verse. It's one of my favorite. I've used it many times. It comes out of Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Again, Paul writing to believers. Right? Verse 10. For even... When we were with you, we used to give you this order. Okay, now this is a command. Give you this order. Even when we were with you. So I've used this order a few times, Paul says. What's the order, Paul? If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. Do you need me to exegete that text? Do I need to retranslate it in any form? If a person isn't going to work, guess what? Fast. I remember a guy come and told me that one time. He, it was a long, uh, it was a mess. And he came, he had just gotten out of jail. He says, I'm repentant and I'm this and I'm that. And he says, can you go buy me some food? I believe God has led me back to the church. And you could buy me a sandwich at Safeway. I said, well, I think God's telling you to fast. And he said, what? And I gave him this verse. And he walked away. I never seen him since. <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it was a lot more to it than just that moment. But, um, but anyway, um, listen, there is a clear danger the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Uh, that generous people giving to the needy has the potential to create, what is the Greek term? Lazy. Okay? Lazy. Okay? And let me tell you something. To God, this is blasphemous in a sense to His image. When God first appears, what's He doing? He's working. He is creating. And we were created in the image of God. We are in His image. Alright? God is a God who works. When we don't want to work, what does that make us? Hungry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hungry according to Second Thessalonians. Okay, he has created us to be productive. He has created us to be fruitful. One of the things that I have watched government involvement is it takes the productivity out. Okay, um, I come from union country. Now, I'm going to get in all kinds of trouble now. Ain't I? And it takes the productivity out. 
Because you can have a person who will work his fingers to the bone and then when the raises come, everybody gets the same thing. I knew a guy who was a janitor. Okay? A janitor for General Motors. But he worked the graveyard shift. Because that's the premium shift. Do you know when he retired as a janitor... He never built a car in his life. He was making six figures. Really? But he did it that way. Why? He says, I can go in in two hours, clean all the bathrooms. And I'm done. That's nuts. But you will create laziness. Just giving out money is what the culture does, not the church. So many don't even want to work. And the Bible is emphatic. Then don't eat. God created us to be productive. He created us to be fruitful. And what happens is when you crush that desire, you end up with the welfare state. We are not here as a body of believers to create laziness. We are creating generations of takers who do not know how to give. Okay? And that just fuels the sin nature. Because, you know what? I know that that guy I told you is, I ain't buying you a sandwich. He ran around and told everybody, I'm the most unloving man that he ever met. I don't know how he could be a Christian. You know what? I don't know how I could be a Christian either. But God said, watch this. We are trying to meet the needs of people. The needs. We're not here to deal with the fools. I'm not here for biblical socialism. I'm not here to play favoritism. I'm here to see the needs of my brothers and my sisters and when there is a need to try to get resources to meet that need. That is what that word that you translate equality is balance. Sharing as God has prospered what Christians do. Christians are generous people. True Christians. And the church... And you know what? That is what the church does. It's part of his living, breathing function. And you know what? Sometimes you never see the fruit. Okay? Sometimes you harvest another laborer's fruit. But it doesn't matter because there is a, a balance. The lost, the world says, I will do with my money and I will deal with my dreams and I will do it my way. Frank Sinatra. No. That's not the church. That's not Christians. What Paul is saying here is that we're not communist. We're not socialist. We see a need. We help the need. But there is a need for balance. There are those in the body of Christ who have. There are those in the body of Christ who have not. There are some in the body of Christ who literally have no ability And we meet those needs. Next week, I'll look at verses 14 and 15.
But I, I knew that I was going to have to split this up because I wanted you to see what equality really meant. Okay? It's a balance. It's a balance. And that's what the text is calling for. So stewardship with integrity is voluntary. It's faithful. Give as one has. Okay? And there's a balance that is in the body of Christ for it. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing us beyond our imaginations. Thank you, Father, for prospering each and every one of us and some of us more than others. And yet, Father, thank you for balance. Thank you that you have drawn us together, that we may be balanced, and that we may walk in a manner worthy of this awesome calling. I praise you and I thank you. Lord, may this word come tight to our hearts. May it control our souls. May it be the guard of our conscience that we may look and see the awesome things that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has already done. To your glory and praise. Amen.